Welcome to the Seismic Spotlight Podcast. I'm Amy Bourbeau, a passionate B Corp expert and co-founder of sustainability advisory, Seismic. Our podcast aims to shine a light on the people and businesses working to be an increasingly impactful force for good. This series is all about B Corps, a movement that's close to my heart and the gold standard certification for responsible business. We hope it inspires others to join the B Corp movement and make a seismic difference. Today, I'm speaking with Jamie Lang and Ed Williams from Candy Kittens. Jamie, TV personality and entrepreneur, founded Candy Kittens six years ago, and with managing director Ed, built the sustainable sweet brand that we know and love today. Their mission is to shake up the sweet game. Not only do they constantly refine their sweets, but they're also constantly improving how they do business, looking to do good and taste good too. Unlike most sweets, they don't use animal gelatin in their products, and they source ingredients that are good for the planet. We cover some really great insights in our session, including the importance of aligning your personal values with those of the company you run or work for, how the B Corp framework can help smaller, younger companies to set themselves up for success from the start, and how an engaged brand like Candy Kittens and a founder like Jamie can use their platform to really educate and raise awareness. I hope you enjoy our seismic spotlight on Candy Kittens. Welcome to the Seismic Spotlight Podcast, Jamie and Ed. Thank you so much for having us. Thanks for having us. And we always like to start these shows off by just finding out about how you kind of first came to hear about B Corp and what sparked your decision to to be a B Corp. I know that I've been speaking with various members of your team for a couple of years, uh, and it's been something that's been on your radar for a long time, and you've been wanting to work towards, and now it feels like the the time is here. So yeah, how how did this all come to be a, a goal for you? Um, well, I think it sort of probably goes back sort of to the brands that we've always looked up to. So within within sort of starting Candy Kittens, we never wanted to look at other confectionery businesses or really other food and drink companies, to be honest. We thought, okay, if we're going to go and do something different in this category, we need to do that by being inspired outside of the category because what was going on before we arrived was, was a pretty... Uh, kind of depressing state of play to be honest so we were always looking at other brands and and particularly sort of inspired i guess by what was going on over in the us um and i think big big businesses like uh, patagonia for us have always been a huge inspiration in terms of the way they run their company not just the the products but which are great by the way but the <laughs> overall kind of ethos and thinking behind these companies so for us it probably started there but then closer to home um we Recruited a head of sales who joined us from Ella's Kitchen, um, and then we got got to know Mark um, over at Ella's Kitchen quite well, Mark um, Cudigan, and he has been sort of quite a big champion of B Corp, I know, for quite a long time in the UK, um, really flies that flag, and came to our office, actually, and, and you came as well, Amy, probably a little while after Mark, but he came and gave just the most inspiring kind of talk to our team about sort of why B Corp was important and why it mattered. And really left us with no choice. I think after he left the room, it was sort of written in the stars that that's the route that we were going to take. No brainer. Absolutely. And also, I do think as well, right, I think Ed sort of mentioned this, but I wanted to reiterate it, is that, you know, I think it's so important for businesses now. You know, as Ed said, we we want to create the best suite in the world. That's what we've always wanted to have done. And we believe that we do that. So then how do we become a better business? 
right? What can we do to be the best? And I think that everyone now, it doesn't matter how big or how small you are, you've got to kind of try and do your bit um, and whatever that is you can do. And for us, it is becoming a B Corp. It is becoming carbon neutral. It is doing these things, following in the footsteps. And hopefully that what it does is it paves the way for other companies to think, well, this is what we've got to do. we got to do our bit. There's a there's a technique which actually Ed told me about, which the, the, the whether you like him or not, uh, the Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary V, said it's called the uh, jab, jab, jab hook technique i think ed you were the one who told me about this which is you sort of give 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 take almost and businesses get confused sometimes where they just take all the time but actually a lot of it's about giving um and we as a business want to give um and then you know what we take at the end is people buy our sweets right that's the great thing about it but we always do want to give back that's wonderful yeah and i think you're right it's quite rare that businesses think that way and it, it was cool to hear what you said about you know you didn't want to look to other sweets brands when you were starting out. And I think you can really see that in your packaging and just the way that you speak to your audience. And also the fact that you're vegan, which is really cool because it's difficult to find vegan sweets and those that are tasty as well. Was that something that you started out with from the beginning? Was that always important to you to be vegan or is it something that evolved over time? I think the most important thing Jamie's already mentioned for us was to create the best possible sweets. So Jamie had this great idea to create a business called Candy Kittens. Um, and through various conversations Jamie and I had, we we sort of realized that the best way to bring this to market was through a real product, a real bag of sweets. And um, when we started that process, we sort of spoke to lots of different manufacturers in the UK, around Europe and further afield, and start quite quickly realized that the sweet industry was really, really full of rubbish, rubbish ingredients, um, rubbish processes, rubbish design, stuff that consumers didn't really want, but also the people working in the industry were also generally pretty rubbish. And um, we thought we could do something better. So for us, it was then that we sort of said, okay, let's make a sweets company with no nasties. And that's what we've been doing ever since. And, for, and if you can take an ingredient out of the product without losing any taste, texture, enjoyment, quality, whatever whatever kind of objective you got, then that's what we'll always do. So it started, in all honesty, with natural ingredients, so taking out artificial colors, artificial flavors, and through a sort of process of things we were ticking off the list that we didn't like the look of, the last one on that list was probably gelatin. And, and if you look at what gelatin is and how it's made, regardless of your views on um, kind of meat and, and having that in your diet, gelatin is just something that's really pretty grim and, and not something you want to be putting in your body. So for us, that was a, a no-brainer. Um, and we worked with a, a brilliant, brilliant manufacturer that was able to help us find a solution quite innovatively, I think, to to take gelatin out and, and lose nothing. So no compromise at all. We've, we've sort of done that. And it's probably now been vegan for about the best part of three years, I think. But but also we have to realize, right, that um, that we, Ed and I, didn't know what we were doing at the beginning of Kennekins. And, you know, and, and everything is, is a guessing game most of the time, especially when you're sort of creating a business, because um, you're kind of trying to figure out what you're doing. And for us, we just followed what we wanted to do. And I think the more and more people, I would encourage people to do that, right? And I, I there's a fear that I repeat myself on podcasts, but it is, it's follow your naivety, follow this something that you, um, that you that you don't know, because the less experienced you are in something, the more you're going to go against the grain. And I think that's what happened with Candy Kin is we didn't know what we were doing. And that's what our success was because we made them vegan. We made them gluten-free. We made the, the, the price point a certain amount. We made them sexy and fun and exciting. We made them different to everyone else because that's what we wanted to do. So copying and collaborating is a good thing on certain things. But when setting up a brand, it's probably the worst thing. Never copy. 
just do what you want to do because that will set you aside from the rest. Yeah. We um, recently had a wonderful event with um, somebody called Nissy T, who's an amazing influencer. So shout out to Nissy T, who helped us to think about, imagine that you're a child, go back to that childlike state where you're not jaded and you don't have all these preconceived ideas and anything is possible and start from that. And I think it's a similar kind of thing here of actually just, just go in and try it and yeah. without all the, no, you definitely can't do this or you must do that. And it's amazing what can come with that mindset. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's really interesting. You said I followed by that rule massively. So Blake wrote two, two poems, two separate ones called Innocence and the other one's called Experience. And what happens with innocence is ruined by experience. And how do we get back to that innocent stage? The Peter Pan right the, you know, Peter Pan theory is actually quite a bad one because it's actually sort of denying responsibility, um, which is not a good thing. But what it does have added value to is the fact that it was about being, being young, free and wild. And when you want to create a brand, that's what you want to be. You want to have no fear. You want to just go for it. You want to be a risk taker. You want to be able to jump out that tree and not worry about breaking your leg. Right. That's the where you want to get to. And the analogy of of being innocent is is totally true. You know, if if I was going to say to you, um, I don't know, uh, go and play Jim Carrey, The Mask. You have to go and do The Mask too. It'd be very hard for you not to play what Jim Carrey played in The Mask, right? Because you've already experienced it. So actually better not to watch The Mask and then go and do it yourself. You know, Heath Ledger, the same thing we did the Joker. Don't watch how to play the Joker, just do it your own way. Um, and so you almost want to eliminate everything from your mind, all that experience that you had when you started business. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. And and I think as well from a sustainability point of view, is, you know, that's from a brand point of view and from a sustainability point of view as as well. Uh, just having that kind of open mind and actually stripping things back to basics. Like you say, you know, just pulling out all the things that you don't need that or maybe there's a they're just there because that's the way it's been done or over years to reduce prices that's become the way that things are done. But actually, it doesn't have to be. And oftentimes, the most simple answers are the most sustainable ones. It's totally true. It, that's exactly it. It's exactly that. And um, the less I think you think about stuff, the better. <laughs> that makes really bad. That's probably really bad advice as well. But um, just follow your gut. Follow your naivety. Wonderful. So, I mean, that being said, it is hard, you know, as a brand that cares about sustainability, it's actually can be really hard to know where to start because certain things come naturally. And then there's also so many different elements and considerations to think about from the people side of things to the product design to the supply chain, et cetera, et cetera. So although you guys are very well known and loved as a brand, your team is pretty small. I think you, you achieve a lot for the size of the team that you have. And how how have you tackled that big kind of hairy question of sustainability? Well, I think firstly, our, probably our biggest benefit is the fact that we are small. So we're able to come in from this and and kind of build build the plane as we're flying it, if you like. So we haven't mm -hmm. got, we're not a Unilever or somebody that's gone, okay, crap, we're massive. And we've done all this stuff really, really unsustainably. How do we unwind that and turn the clock back? Yeah. So for us, it's really nice to have that opportunity to kind of be at the sort of ground floor and say, okay, where do we go from here? What rules can we put in place? And and how can we make this better for the future? Um, and we've always, I think, tried our best from the very beginning. But actually, B Corp has been a really great kind of roadmap in the background for us, the B Corp application, I should say, sorry, to, to sort of sense check that what we thought was good actually really is good from people that know what they're talking about so i think that's been mega helpful to us um and lots of kind of new businesses that we speak to now that are just starting out i would always say even if you're not going to actually get the application <laughs> submitted anytime soon 
start filling in those boxes because it'd be amazing kind of what that throws up. So that's been really helpful for us. And it's definitely true to say over the last probably 18 months, we've had a much more considered focus on sustainability, whether that's just because um, we've now got enough time to start thinking about that. We're not sort of worried about going bust tomorrow um, or whether it's because the retailers are calling for it more and, and consumers are more interested. I think all of those things kind of contribute, but it's definitely something that we talk about an awful lot. And now we have one person in the team that um, spends probably a good 60 to 70% of her time thinking purely about that and, and teaching us all how we can do more and, and do the things we're doing better. But also it's it's creating that culture right within the business. So, it, you know, it's like in your home, you have a recycling bin, you have a non-recycling bin. It, you know, it takes time to do these things. It doesn't happen overnight, right? You have to go, oh, well, that's recyclable. And so it's it's implicating that in your business and, and making sure that's part of your culture. So straight away when people come in, they go, okay, they understand that this is what we're about. And that doesn't happen overnight. So you can't just suddenly go, okay, we're going to be sustainable and we're going to be carbon neutral. This way. Or be just everything takes time, and I think with all these things, just be patient with it because it, patience is everything, especially when it comes to running a business. And I can see that in your in your team, you know, that you've kind of cultivated this mindset of being considerate, whether it's the coffee cups that you use, or you know, or how you're obviously designing your products and managing your suppliers and everything. And you mentioned obviously around the BIA, the B Impact Assessment has been useful as well for kind of validating some things, maybe inspiring action in other places what have you found to be maybe some of the more challenging elements of the assessment i know that you're not quite at 80 points yet which is common i think well we're hopefully getting close we're edging closer to those 80 i hope every day so we're we're working hard on that um i guess to be blunt the, the biggest barrier is probably time so actually making time to sort of think about all this stuff alongside what we're doing on a day-to-day basis is is a bit tricky um, because we're moving pretty quickly generally. But but that aside, I think we work with a lot of third parties. So we're, as you mentioned earlier, we're a small team. So that means we have people around us that help. So making sure that our systems are good enough is sort of is not enough really so we need to then make sure that the people we're working with are also kind of playing by the rules if you like um so there's there's bits and pieces there i think also one of the facts is kind of a benefit and a curse the fact that we're small means that we can implement these changes pretty quickly um but then again the fact that we're so young and at such an early stage in our journey means a lot of these things have never come up before so um a simple example might be putting in place a good maternity policy at the point that we had that discussion, none of us in our team had ever had a child. We hadn't experienced that at all. Um, so uh, I had uh, my wife and I, I should say, not just me, but my <laughs> wife and I had our baby this summer. So I was the first person to take advantage of our new uh, paternity policy. But that was something we'd probably put in place kind of three months before. So none of us really knew what good looked like. So that, I think, is a bit of a, um, a learning curve for us as well. Um, but but overall, I think it's it's not that difficult. It doesn't seem like rocket science. I think it's just the scale of the of the BIA that that sort of probably trips people up. And and now you've got started, you've got to get your head down and just keep going, I think. Yeah. Well, and it's great to hear that you've got, you know, dedicated resource in the team as well, that you have somebody that is, you know, dedicating a lot of their time to it. That in itself is just, you know, man- managing to put that resource aside and really prioritizing it and taking it seriously and putting it on the agenda as a main kind of priority and not just something that's like we'll get to it when we have time 
But again, that goes back to the same thing that it, it, things take so much time, especially if you're trying to do all your things at once. So people are sometimes afraid to um, to employ people or help people because it's added cost. But actually, it, it really does help, and it then allows you to have more time to push other things within a business. So it, it's kind of a um, smart thing to do is to dedicate people to do to to actually do it rather than trying to do it all yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And, and in the long run it works out better because rather than kind of it dripping over time and, you know, kind of starting and stopping, et cetera, you could, to be able to do it more efficiently is uh, is beneficial to everyone involved, I think. Exactly, exactly. 100%, yeah. Yeah. Uh, congratulations, by the way, Ed, on your uh, new child. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely a good sort of um, incentive to push these things harder, I think, when yeah. you think about the world that he's coming into. So, yeah. That's right. Yeah, that is so true. You, you, when you have a kid, it probably really puts in perspective, doesn't it? It's going to change your life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my my two, I do not have children. My two co-founders have have children. I know that's a big driver for them. Is you know just looking to what kind of world are we leaving to our kids? And one of my co-founders is always talking about the fact that he doesn't want his daughters to have to you know be taking part in these strikes and protests and you know that it shouldn't even be something on their mind so absolutely yeah so couldn't agree more and on that uh topic of climate strikes and carbon you have become carbon neutral which is fantastic very cool uh nice to see you showing some leadership in in your industry in, in that choice yeah how did you come to decide to do that and why was that important to you how difficult has it been um, yeah, so super proud that we were able to become officially carbon neutral this year. It's something we've been working on for quite a while. So our manufacturers have been really kind of spearheading a big project around how they could improve their processes, the way they buy the ingredients and make the product um, really kind of end to end to make this possible. Um, and, and really, that's kind of one of the reasons we work with them. I think as a small business, you really got to kind of pick your partners carefully. So working with great people to be able to sort of almost ride on their coattails. And and I don't think that's something we say in any way that sort of to be ashamed of. We really are kind of riding on the coattails of brilliant people around us. And and that that helps massively. Um, so it's been something that they've been working on for quite a long time. And we've finally got ourselves there this year with a, with a bit of extra work on our side. So again, really kind of in-depth process. Um, but it's just sort of the first step on a much bigger sustainability mission for us i think it's one that consumers are tuned into carbon neutral is quite an easy term i think to understand on a, a sort of headline level so that on the packaging really stands out um and and i think sort of more than anything hopefully signals the intentions that we have as a company and where we're hoping to go but also you have to remember right as humans, right, we want to be loyal and empathetic and uh, kind and giving and all these different things, right? That's what we want to be as humans. And and businesses are sort of, you know, your characters in a sense. So what what do you want to do as a business? Your business can't just be about making profit, right? You have to be all these things. You want to be everything else that, you know, sustainable and carbon neutral and uh, whatever it may be. And so you want to kind of replicate what you want to be as a human within a business as well. And I think that's important what we try to do. So the reason to do it is once again to become the best business. And we think by doing these things, that makes us the best business. And I think that's really important. I think what's sort of just to finally add on that is that another point really for us, which is why this is important, we're very aware that sweets are a non-essential treat that are there to give us all a bit of a, a smile and, and a laugh at the after a bad day or whatever it may be. And that means I think we have to work extra hard in our industry 
to sort of do something for the world that's positive. So we're putting products out there that people don't need in order to survive, in packaging that people don't necessarily need, et cetera. The, the overall kind of impact um, is something that potentially doesn't have to be there. So if we're going to do it, and, and I do think it is also needed on the other side, you could make an argument, um, which is too easy for me to make of why you do need sweets. But if we're going to do that, then we need to do it really responsibly. And I think there's sort of a lot of other industries you, you sort of in your question mentioned about, you know, leading the category a little bit. Well, hopefully we can, but hopefully we can also lead other industries that are bringing things that perhaps are non-essential. Yeah. Perfect point. Yeah, that is a great point. <laughs> yeah. It, it really is. And it, that's one of the things that I love about the B Corp movement, which is that it's not about being the ultimate perfect business where every single element of everything that you do is justified. It's about being the best thing that you can be. And so some people ask, well, how come Ben and Jerry's can be a B Corp when they sell, you know, dairy products that have lots of sugar in and they contribute to obesity? Or how come somebody else who's in this certain plastic packaging? But actually, first of all, it would be an incredibly small community if it was only perfect companies that had products that we need in order to survive. But also, what kind of a world would we be living in if we only had the the things that we needed to survive and that's it? We, we need a bit of color and enjoyment. I wouldn't want to live in a world where we didn't have ice cream or sweets or, you know, whatever. And so, but like you say, it's about then doing that in a responsible way. Conscious consumerism, conscious businesses, and and doing that so that it isn't just recklessly put out there in the world it's it's done in a, in a responsible way so yeah i think that's really to to a big part of the spirit of b corp absolutely yeah absolutely great so so you said that this is a part of a, you know your wider sustainability goals and missions what what's next beyond carbon neutral are you working towards setting a net zero target are you also as well as being carbon neutral are you also helping to work with your suppliers to create reductions in carbon outputs yeah, absolutely. So at the moment, um, we achieve the carbon neutral by um, already reducing uh, the use of carbon, but obviously um, offsetting an element of that as well. Um, and I think the ultimate aim is a net zero target. And I think that's sort of where we're heading. Um, nothing that's sort of able to be able to kind of put a date on that or announce that right now, but it's definitely something that's sort of quite high up on our list around goal setting for the years to come. Um, I think we're, again, sort of really, really considering the people we work with more than ever. And I think that's a big part of that. How do we really make sure that all of our partners fall in line with the way we want to work and the company we want to build um, and really sort of create that network with no nasties? It's not just good enough to have a, a company with no nasties, but a network beyond that. Um, and then I think there's a, jo a big role for us is the the sort of education point to the consumer. So right now we have a, a recyclable pack but it is plastic um and the consumer just sees plastic which is a bit of a, a bugbear of mine so something like 30 percent of consumers in the uk recycle recyclable packaging so that means that the brands are making recyclable packaging and 70 percent of that is still going to landfill so as a business that number one costs us a lot more money um, we've done a lot of research time energy going into finding the best recyclable material and then it still ends up in landfill so for me, the missing piece there is then education and how do we fulfill that that missing piece by doing a better job of telling our customers what to do with our product once they finish consuming the sweets um, and perhaps paper packaging, perhaps different sort of packaging formats, other things that may be more instant to understand other way forward short term. But I think long term, 
it's all about education and really making people understand what is good and bad because i think plastic has suddenly got this huge negative uh rep which isn't necessarily always fair so yeah lots of different bits and pieces that we're looking into i think net zero is a big one but along the way really educating our consumers and using candy kittens hopefully as a as a bit of a a vehicle to teach people more sustainable ways of living their life so important i think that's it once you dig into the problems and the potential solutions you realize how nothing is as black and white as it seems and maybe you stop using plastic but actually the alternative is worse for other reasons this is it it's a real minefield yeah yeah exactly it's challenging some of those perceptions and exactly as you say educating and you guys are in an interesting position which is that you've got your followers and and customers of candy kittens but also jamie you have a a massive platform and a a wonderful opportunity to kind of spread messages uh, yourself do you find it important to use that for raising some kind of social and environmental awareness yeah well i think what is important is is that you want to follow what you know ed always says the same thing your brand is what people say about you when you lead the room right and it's so true so for us we're always trying to lie and for me i'm trying to lie myself in those ways so not only is Candy Kittens becoming a B Corp and we're carbon neutral, I'm creating all of my podcasts to be carbon neutral. Um, and so everything that I'm trying to do within these places, and we talk about that, right, on our podcast. We talk about that's what, what we're trying to do at the moment. Um, you know, and and I think it's point. Think I'm not an activist at all, so I'm not going to be preaching all the time about um, what we should and shouldn't be doing. But what I do is I think I know what I think is right and I will live by those sort of rules and laws. And And that is, you know, being sustainable, being carbon neutral, um, doing our best for the planet, whatever that is. And I do my bit as much as possible. If people ask, that's what, you know, we say, do you know, the, the reason why we make our sweets vegan is because we you know animal gelatin is bad and it's shit and it's crap for you anyway. So, you know, we do all these things and it's just about aligning yourself with what um, you're doing in everything. So it would be odd if, you know, one part was carbon neutral and the other part that I do with podcasting, it wasn't. So it's just about aligning yourselves with everything. So people realize what type of brand you are. Yeah. I think that's important. Yeah, no, it makes makes a lot of sense. And I think you've you've spoken a lot about part of the reason why you do it as a business is because it's your personal beliefs. And I think totally. why wouldn't you want to align all elements of your life? And we see that a lot as well with individuals who are choosing to work for B Corps or applying to companies really on the basis that because they're a B Corp and it's it's exactly that. Why would I choose to live my personal life in one way and then go and put my time and energy into an organization that wasn't aligned with those values? Of course. Yeah, and also you get to a point in your life where you realize perhaps, you know, perhaps in my early 20s I was a bit selfish, you know, and I wasn't, I didn't really think about uh, much other things apart from myself. And you get to, you know, late 20s, early 30s, and you suddenly go, oh, you know, actually maybe life isn't all about you and it's about other people. And especially, you know, you know, Ed, you know, he has his kid. And like he said, it's so right. It's about now you focus towards your future and what you're leaving behind and what your legacy stands for. And I don't want people to think that what we represented was not great. You want people to look back at you and go, God, what they did was great. And so for it's really important for us to do those things. Yeah. Wonderful. So you, you've mentioned as well around inspiring others, not only within your industry, but other businesses in general to do more. What kind of advice and your, your, you know, kind of partway on your, on your journey, you're um, working towards certification, but at this stage, from what you've learned so far, what kind of advice would you share to other companies who are wanting to start their B Corp journey and work towards getting certified? Um, I'd say probably if you're thinking about it, 
start yesterday i think it's this thing that you just want to get on with because we've been talking about it for, for what feels like forever um and, and we're probably a bit over ambitious at the beginning of just how quickly we can make it happen so i think get started would be the first thing to do um and and if you're starting a business the the earlier you start the better because you'll have less things in place and actually the the bia sort of forms quite a good business plan in some ways it's kind of like a good tick list of things mm. that are just sensible to have in place regardless of what you're planning to do so definitely get started i would say for us carving out that time has been really um important and having a dedicated person in the team um I assume, Amy, I'm allowed to say that thanks to Seismic for all the help you, you guys are given mm -hmm. as well. So I would find an expert because that's probably not just for B Corp, actually, but for lots of things that we've tried to achieve through Candy Kittens. It's always been about knowing when you don't know and um, accepting the fact that we aren't the experts in B Corp and we should go and ask somebody that is. Um, in your this case, you've been super, super helpful to us. So thanks for that. Um, and I would Thank recommend you. anybody comes to find you and, and does the same thing. That's very kind. Thank you. I echo all of that. So I'm not even going to say anything more. That was just perfectly said. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. We appreciate that. And yeah, it's been a pleasure working with you and helping you. Um, and we've been really inspired by all the stuff that you're already doing. Um, already, and so lots of sweets help, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it definitely doesn't hurt. Doesn't hurt. Um, so we we like to ask at the end of these podcasts, we like to ask the question of who would you pass the B Corp baton onto? So what company would be your ideal addition to the B Corp community if you could ask anybody in the world to get certified? Who would it be? God, that's a big question. Um, uh, I, I would definitely go for the, um, for the sort of big social media tech companies. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I think, I think they're the new sort of tycoons of this world it used to be the sort of oil barons and things like that. And I now think the sort of social media giants are, are really the ones who are, uh, really influential in this world. And I think you would want them to be on board because I think a lot of the younger generation really look at what they're doing. And so bringing everyone in that industry over and making sure that they are being sustainable as possible and becoming, you know, B Corps or whatever it is. Um, I think that's really important. Super important, mm. actually. Yeah, definitely an industry that could that could step up and show some leadership. I think we're waiting yeah, for Yeah, I think I, they, they need to, right? They, they, they need to 100% because they're just so influential and they're so powerful now yeah. that they need to be doing it. Good one. Ed, who are you picking? I was actually thinking a bit close to home, but I was, uh, <laughs> I was thinking it would be quite cool to have a B Corp football club in the UK just because mm. it's kind of like an area that strikes me quite often when I'm think we have these kind of sustainability conversations and all this kind of uh, B Corp themed topics that we go through in our work life and then on a Saturday afternoon when you go to a football stadium you you, you sort of see like the whole spectrum of um, the city all turned out in one place and you kind of realize there's a lot of people here that just don't have a clue about the things that we're talking about or, or perhaps don't have any interest right now and if a football club could lead the way in that um area i think it would be quite interesting and then i was actually reading i think grimsby town and becoming a b corp which is quite exciting so there is one already that's great um, so i would say cardiff city which is my football club <laughs> they should become a b corp be you should pick. pitch it to them Ed. pitch it to I'm them i'm going to yeah be right back <laughs> we'll make it that would be incredibly cool to see you know in the sponsorship, like see the big B Corp logo on the on the field. I yeah, think. and you're great, right. right. What a great opportunity to to spread the message to a whole different audiences or a whole kind of diverse range of people that are sat in those stadiums. Yeah. 
Good ones, sure. guys. Those are those are two new ones we haven't heard. I like them. Yours was yours was better than mine. Oh, no. oh, I was quite <laughs> I was proud of mine, but yours is great. <laughs> <laughs> we can have both. You know, there's no limit. There's no limit. Yeah, yeah let's you. do both. Yeah. I think do both. That's a good idea. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for your time. Both uh, really appreciate it, and really appreciate all the stuff that you're doing as a business to uh, to just set the bar higher and uh, and to inspire all of us and uh, to be able to eat sweets with a clear conscience so thank you thanks Amy. i really appreciate <laughs> it. have a most wonderful day and thank you so much you too take thanks, care Amy. thank you for listening to the seismic spotlight podcast i hope you've enjoyed this episode please download the other episodes in our b corp series to listen to more inspiring stories from companies working to be the change if you enjoyed listening to seismic spotlight please subscribe to hear more it's available on Apple and Google Podcasts and Spotify. Please share the podcast and review us with five stars if you liked it. Seismic is a sustainability advisory that helps to change society for the better and fix our planet. Join us in leading the shift.